Welcome to Talking Upstream with some nobodies. My name is Zach, and this is Dylan over here to uh, that side over there. Uh, yes. Uh, and we are still doing our COVID version of this show, um, which is why Dylan and I are in different areas. And uh, we're going to keep kind of moving around with the format until it works for us, not for you, just for yeah. us, really. So, yeah, we're doing uh, this for us. What are you talking about? Yeah. Uh, so, Talking Upstream is a 90 minute writer's room style uh, show where Dylan and I, we kind of show people how we create stories. If you know anything about us, we do have a bunch of podcasts. I think we're up to 94 currently. The growth has slowed a little bit, but we're still adding on. Growth has slowed. That's true. Uh, but we're, we're, we're still rocking. Um, oh, yeah. Dylan, how are you? I'm okay. It's been yeah. uh, another strange week, but here we are. Yeah. yeah. Nothing too crazy. All, I've been seeing all your emails to Peacock. Have they uh, responded to you yet? <sighs> no. I think they might think I'm someone else. Apparently, I share a name with like a very well-known uh, felon, so I'm trying to avoid that association. <laughs> yeah, oh, that makes sense. Oh, that, that okay. So I, I would see why they're automating their response back Yeah, there. who knows? Uh, How about you, Zach? How are you doing today? You know, I'm doing great, man. Yeah, yeah I'm doing. I'm doing really well. Um, yeah, I'm. I'm excited for this episode because of uh, how last episode went. It kind of changed yeah. up things, so we had to shuffle some stuff around. Um, yeah. So if you watched last week, Mark Lee was on from the radio show of Mark Lee. Uh, yeah. Awesome guy. We created a very weird, uh, very weird story, <laughs> like a cyberpunk zombie. Th oh, not a zombie thing. It was a you cyberpunk. Know, you involve the internet. It's going to get weird. Yeah, that's true. Oh, that's right. It was a Reddit yeah. thing. That's cool. Yeah. Um. But yeah, what else is going on with your world? Uh, let's see. I finished up my last paid writing gig of the year, so that's kind of nice. Uh, been doing a little bit of game design just when I'm not currently writing for what we're doing. Yeah. Yeah, cool. Yeah. What about you, Zach? What are you up to? Nothing. You know, we yeah. pitched uh, we pitched some scripts to people now, so we're trying to actually get some get some stuff moving around. Yeah, but, we're, uh, actually, we're doing what the show was intended to be doing. So yeah, we're talking that. ourselves somewhere anyway. Somewhere. Uh, but... Let's just stop talking to each other and bring our yeah. guests up, which are way more important than we are. So if we can go and bring up our friends, uh, Jay and Eli from Super Bracket Bros. Pretty please. Hello. Hey, guys. Hey. hey how are you? We are doing uh, doing pretty good. Well, I guess I shouldn't speak for Eli. I don't know how he's doing. but uh, <laughs> oh, no, doing you can do, do it for me, Jay. It's all good. I'm fine. <laughs> yeah, I'm I am used to doing it all for you. So <laughs> yeah. I guess I guess Dylan and I are kind of the opposite. We're like, I'm always expecting Dylan to take over, and he never does. So I got to talk for both of us. So <laughs> <laughs> uh, that works out. So uh, Super Bracket Bros, uh, we are actually big fans of the show. We we were on your show once before. Uh, we mm -hmm. listened to your show before and afterwards. And although we disagree with uh, one outcome, uh, for the most part, we absolutely love your show. But for those who do not know what Super Bracket Bros are, do you want to explain them? Sure. I can give the quick pitch here. So Super Bracket Bros podcast, obviously hosted by me and Eli here, where we 
take fictional characters and put them against each other in uh, in fights. You know, that's the the bare bones of it. What we do is each season we take 32 characters. We put them into a tournament and then we have 32 episodes in each season. Each episode we go through one of those matches in that tournament. So we take it all the way down from that cast of 32 all the way down to that one ultimate winner. And at the time of this recording, we're almost done with season two. We're down to our final four. So we're super excited about that. But um, yeah, it, when we try to pull characters from not just the combat universes, you know, it's easy to bring the Star Wars and the, the Marvels and the DCs in there. But you know what? We want to bring, you know, Hercules and and Maui in there and guys from the, the musical Disney shows and you know everything in between so we try to grab from everybody and try to appeal to everybody because our thing was always like we love Super Smash Bros that obviously <laughs> you get that in the title but we want all the characters from all the things to be in Super Smash Bros so this is us fulfilling that uh, that fantasy yeah absolutely yeah we oh. <laughs> love the concept uh it's probably something that we are upset that we didn't think about beforehand and and are <laughs> not doing it because it's it's totally right up our alley and it really messes up because i i called dylan i'm like hey what about this concept where like blah blah he goes dude that's super bracket bros but with cars and i'm like oh man yeah <laughs> yeah you're right yeah, yeah you're right um, yeah. but uh one of the questions i like to ask people because our, our show, Talking Upstream, what we're trying to do is talk ourselves up to a streaming service. We're trying to show people that we can create content weekly that can get us a job uh, writing content. Now, if you were to put the apex of what your project is, if like the high end of what Super Bracket Bros could be, where would you take it? The the high end. So, okay, are we talking about realistic high end or like you you made me owner of the world what? high end? Oh, yeah. No, you got oh, a God. lot of gold and like you're just yeah. in there. Well, like, yeah. I want to take this to exactly. the weirdest level. <laughs> because if I'm, you know, the master of media now and uh, <laughs> they've gifted me the keys of the universe, then I'm just going to create my own cinematic universe. That's all movies are going to be now. It's just I'm going to try to break every wall between every medium that exists. That's it. <laughs> I, you know, because part of what we do is like, yeah, we love talking about the fights. Yeah, we like seeing who's going to win, you know, Lego Batman or Captain America. We're like, that's that's great. But then like to imagine these characters interacting in like, what would that story be? You know, like, what, <laughs> like what, what would actually happen if these two these two characters met? So, you know, like. It would just be the cinematic universe to end all cinematic universes is my my, my high-end goal. <laughs> uh, Eli, quick question. Um, part of your show is the in-between-the-fight scenario, which is that uh, weird world where there's uh, d dwarves and, uh, and gnomes. Is that right? Yeah. Yes. Uh, <laughs> how, did that, how did that come about? That might have been all me. <laughs> uh, honestly, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. We just like that was part of the process of making our own sort of fiction. This uh, sort of like we have all these universes clashing. It was sort of the base, like our universe. So we, if it's our universe, might as well make it silly. So we want to do like Keebler elf gnomes is what we've been calling them, which is you know just plain wrong. <laughs> but no, the, but the gnomes and yeah. dwarves. 
Yeah. <laughs> but um, we just, like we said, the fun part of all these hypotheticals is these characters interacting with each other and they interact on the battlefield. Well, we wanted to see them interact with characters, not in a combat scenario. So it's fun. We have all these gnomes who are basically just fanboys of whoever <laughs> the character yeah. that comes in the room. And then it's fun, you know, seeing how different characters interact with the gnomes. We just, we, it's just part of the fun. It's almost like, you know, instead of a tournament, we're basically putting them in like an office situation. So <laughs> that's, <Yeah. laughs> that's sort of where the idea came up. Yeah, I think the original, like the, the first thing that instigated it was because we wanted the characters to be able to re like review the tape of what had already happened in the tournament if they made it to the second round. So if someone makes it to the second round, they see their opponent, then they get to see their opponent in their first round fight, you know, fair is fair. Then we get to talk about the intellect of these characters a little bit, their planning methods. And we were like, wait, how do we do that? And we were like, do we just like, are we imagining this scenario by just handing them an iPad with the tape on it? Like what, like, what does this look like? And it just absolutely snowballed from there into a disaster. Um. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Them reviewing the tape, I think is one of my favorite parts. Cause, yeah. uh, I have one of those weird minds that likes to just envision what I'm hearing. And uh, like, for instance, the, 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 the concept of like General Grievous, like holding a tablet and like trying to think of a way to beat somebody <laughs> is just, it's, it's so funny to me. So a Polynesian uh, guy with an anchor. Yeah, uh, who, who, who doesn't yeah, care about anything exactly. but himself. <laughs> yeah, so absolutely hats off, like su such a cool concept. Um, mm -hmm. Have you guys worked on any other projects together? Have you um, like tried to start something before and it didn't work out, or is this this is a first attempt and you guys are nailing it? No, this is this is our first attempt. We have we've been friends since middle school, so we've known each other pretty much our entire lives. And so, like, and we always like we we then went to college together freshman year, and you know, obviously kept in contact, and you know toss the ball around a few times about like okay you know like what like how do we make this into an idea how do we make this into a podcast without just grabbing our laptops recording on our you know crappy built-in microphones and, and putting it out there you know how do we how do we do something that we're that we're proud of so you know it it, it took a while to get there i think you know there is an unseen episode of super bracket bros that will never be heard by anybody that was recorded by us in a random study room at uw lacrosse on my seven-year-old laptop that <laughs> will never see the light of day you know and so like it, it just you know it sort of snowballed from there and really it was at, at the end of the day it's a way for us to you know stay in contact with each other too you know it, well, always have this project to go back to well, it's really interesting because Jay and I, we worked a job um, uh, last year where we were allowed to listen to podcasts and whatever. And that I introduced Jay to the McElroy brothers. And then Jay sort of like took off with the podcasting idea and was just like, hey, I have I want to make all these different projects now. And Super Bracket Bros was like the first one. So like like Jay said, this is, you know, our first attempt really at a podcasting uh, project. Um, first ever like project we've worked with together. So that's sort of the the beginning of um just the whole audio experience of uh, this project yeah podcasts in general were pretty foreign to me not even a couple years ago but then yeah we uh e eli was working at a job that you just sat at your computer all day and got to listen to podcasts and so you know i 
listened to a couple podcasts here and there and you know i had taken a big trip and was like yeah i i like the adventure zone i like my i like my bam bam my brother my brother and me and you know those were two of my favorites and then and then i he got me the job yet and i was at, at a computer and could have spotify up for eight hours a day and it's like what else do i need to listen to and i just the whole world of podcasting cracked open before me and i was like i this is i want to do this pretty please <laughs> yes and thank yeah. you i've i've got two two kind of questions that are different sides of the same coin i'm curious one if you can tell us who was involved in that uh forever to be remained secret episode of super <laughs> and i'm curious on the other end which mash which pairing you've actually done would be your favorites that the episode has gone the favorite like the way that you think it went best or at least the episode was made the best that you have made well uh eli do you remember who we did for that uh uh forever lost episode i did uh, <laughs> you want me to share it yeah yeah it was uh it was spider-man from the mcu and uh eraser head from my hero academia Oh yeah, my, my yeah, my hero. Like I think that was around the time that I started to get into my hero, and like we we talked about that matchup because it was this awesome like teacher student dynamic between the two of them, and like it clashed mediums between movie and anime. You know, not something you typically think of. So mm -hmm. there was a lot of cool things to, to talk about there. So yeah, that was our first one, and then I don't know, Eli. Do you have a favorite episode that we've done? Off the top of my head, I, I'm sure I have other favorites in the back catalog, but one of my favorite episodes was this season and that we had Geralt of Rivia versus Asuka Tano. Um, mm -hmm. And that was, part of my enjoyment was finding out that witchers are basically fantasy Jedi. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, straight up. Yeah, but that's exactly why I, I thought that episode really captured what the our show is about is finding the similarities between these universes and uh, media that you wouldn't think of otherwise. Like when you, <laughs> when, uh, we had a guest on who was our Witcher expert and he was bringing up all the things that Witchers can do. And we, all three of us had to wait, wait a second. Girl's <laughs> yeah. basically a Jedi. <laughs> <laughs> I think that one, that one really stands out uh, from this season. So I, if, if you ask me right now, that one's, that one's my favorite. Yeah, that was a that was a really good episode. I like that one. And Andrew brought so much knowledge to the table. And so like, and that, that's the other thing in season two, we started bringing on guests. The first season, it was just us, you know, bouncing off each other. And we even, you know, like, pick the seating, you know, like pick the, you know, the practically handpicked the first round of the matchups almost and, you know, kind of just went from there. And then second season, we were like, we just don't like, if we want this to continue on and last, you know, a dozen seasons or whatever, like we just can't possibly know all the characters that could go into this thing, you know, so we need to bring in experts, which is, you know, like we brought you guys on for She-Ra versus Hercules. And obviously we love She-Ra, but you guys brought like an extra dimension of love, you know, for that character that, you know, we really appreciated. And it's, it's things like that, that, you know, I think that have elevated the second season quite a bit. And I think one of my, one of my favorite episodes, I think one of the more recent ones, I think, for possibly our most cinematic fight with our random location generator was Mewtwo versus Yennefer at Mount Doom, <laughs> which is wild to say out loud in a real sentence. Mm -hmm. And then I, as far as like favorite episode, I, 
I did like our General Grievous versus Master Chief episode, and maybe that's just because Zach's in front of me right now. I, I that's why I lean towards General Grievous, but <laughs> that that one was a lot of fun. And Phil from the Wait for a Podcast was a really great fan of General Grievous and brought some good knowledge on uh, on the Star Wars universe. So that 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 one was a favorite from from this season as well. Now, are there any characters that you guys personally would not allow on the show because of just personal feelings? <laughs> oh, because of personal feelings. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, well, so like what I thought you were going to say is, you know, obviously you have characters that are just too powerful or not yeah. powerful enough. Like there's a lot of those, you know. So I think uh, because of personal feelings, yeah, like, I, don't I don't even like them. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Mm. do i not like any i feel like eli would know the characters that i complain about the most better than i do yeah (laughs) (laughs) nothing like like we've never had that situation where we brought up a name and either of us was just like no we can't stand that character we're not going to include them all the ones we've said no to are characters who are sort of parody level like like we talked about rick sanchez from rick and morty Mm. uh one punch man and it's like like Jay was like, oh, that'd be so fun to bring them in. I was like, but the joke is they always win. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's really hard yeah. to take them take them into like uh, a one on one fight because it's like, well, the joke is they're gonna win in the end. So it's sort of tricky with that. I know. Um, I keep bringing in all my art film uh, characters. I keep trying to <laughs> shove it, and Jay's like not having that. So <laughs> trying to bring me your A twenty four bracket, and I just have to write back out. I can't have that. Absolutely I, I just, not. All I want is Willem Dafoe from the Lighthouse fighting <laughs> you two. Is that too much to ask? Like, <laughs> I, uh, yeah, dude, that sounds great. That, that is too much for the world to handle. <laughs> I can't possibly yeah. ask him that. Now, how how low powered do you have to be before you get kicked out? Like, if somebody like an Edward Scissorhands got thrown into the mix, uh, <laughs> would he be like considered, or would it be like that's just dumb? A waterbed can take um, him down. I guess, kind of expanding on that, I had a question. I'm wondering, like, how you go about deciding who's going to be involved in the tournament in the first place when you're first establishing a season's bracket. I guess, like, what are your criteria for including or excluding a character at all? Because there are some that I can think on both ends of the power spectrum that would not make for interesting episodes. Yeah, for sure. I think that's something that we've learned these last two seasons. Is the the first season we we handpicked our fighters, and I the first season we picked it based off characters that like had upcoming movies. You know, I I. We we had Wonder Woman in our first tournament because Wonder Woman 1984 was supposed to come out when we were supposed to be done with season one. And I knew she was a powerful fighter. And so I was like, perfect, it's going to time out. Well, we'll get to talk about the movie. And obviously that particular case didn't work out very well. Um, but also like we included Ray and Kylo Ren because we knew their arcs were coming to an end in the Star Wars saga. You know, so we included them in season one. And with season two, we did a little bit less of that. We just did characters like okay that we thought were interesting that would be work well in a tournament against each other. And we also knew like okay, we have a group of people that we know probably want to guest on the podcast. So like i.e. Geralt, AK, you know, and we had Andrew from Level Playing Field who we worked for before and we knew he was a huge fan. Like we knew we wanted guests on the show. And so now going into season three, I think we're kind of 
try to combine a little bit from each world, you know, because so for season three, we're going low powered. So we're going, you know, street level heroes. We're going, you know, characters that are hand to hand combatants. You know, if they have a power, it's not inconsequential, but, you know, it's not it's not overpowering. It's not some huge thing. And so and then once we pick our characters, we're going to hand that off to our listeners who are going to do a survey. They're going to see the characters and then we're going to take the bracket from there. And then the, I mean, and then at this point we've almost completely thrown out, you know, like we don't need characters that are, you know, in media now or are coming out now, because like, if we just take the most popular characters or characters that are happening now, we are going to run out of characters sooner rather than later. Like I do not want to get to season 10 and talk about, you know, like a third tier character from the third Shrek movie versus <laughs> a fourth tier character from, you know, the 16th Ice Age movie. You know, like I don't want to get to that point. Yeah. Um, are there some characters that you're waiting a little bit to like, like pop out? Like, because a lot of people don't know. I know, you know, like My Hero Academia, not a lot of people know that. So when getting, like, I didn't know that that uh, show at all. So listen to those episodes, I'm like, well, that guy sounds pretty tough, <laughs> which <laughs> made me go watch an episode because I was like, oh, let me just see what these people are about. Um, but is there any uh, genre of fiction that you have said, like, no, people won't know this character. We can't put that in there. So we've kind of done the opposite of that. We're, we 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 are looking for those characters. You know, we want to introduce those characters to our audience. You know, for sure. Like, like I'll give you a, a a preview of season three. There's a character from One Punch Man who's he's a like a C tier hero. He's at best a C level character in the anime. And he, his name's Moomin Rider, and he rides a bike around, Bike of Justice, and uh, uses that to defeat petty criminals. And we're including him. Be, and like, there's a lot of characters from that universe that we could use, many much more well known than Moomin Rider. But like, we want to talk about why this guy's awesome, and you know, and bring that to the forefront of our audience. You know, because like, yeah, like we we could you know do a lot of headline characters, you know, and that would you know maybe get more clicks, but you know, we want to serve our audience by bringing them cool media. And I, I, Eli, I mean, we're bringing in some book characters next season too. Yeah, our first ever, because uh, we've had characters who are like the Witcher characters are originating from books, but we use the video game, the TV show versions in the fight. Next season's our first time we're bringing in a character who solely exists in a novel. And, you know, that's tr kind of tricky because it's just like, oh, it's not as accessible as say, comic books and movies but i like i love the character and jay was like let's you know share this to people because that's sort of what our podcast is about like just a way to say hey if this character sounds cool you know the books are available you can pick them up and maybe we can have a dialogue so yeah we we are very uh we are very uh what's it, inclusive about who we bring in we just want as obscure but memorable as we can find so anyway <laughs> putting it yeah. <laughs> uh, Eli, if you had to pick one character from Mystery Men to represent that movie to be on uh, Super Bracket Bros, which character would you pick? The fork guy. <laughs> All right, good. <laughs> yeah. No, that's that's probably the right answer. <laughs> <laughs> that was who? That was that was Ben Stiller, wasn't it? No, the fork guy was Hank Azaro. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So that doesn't change my answer. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> um. 
obviously we could talk about your podcast a lot um which is super easy because we're, we're fellow nerds so uh, nerd now it's easy um but to to step out and and show that you guys are just still humans you know um a lot of podcasters have gone through you know some kind of failure in life and not got them to podcasting but has also just been in the back there like usually podcasters are very good conversationalists and it's usually because of some sort of failure or something they've learned in life um to get all the topic of your show do you guys want to talk about any failures that you've gone through uh that has helped you or taught you something uh that's a good that's a good question uh i definitely think i mean like there's definitely been I, I, I with podcasting there's been a steep learning curve so i could you know i could talk about something like that but i think specifically like uh like I think just in general, you know, I, you know, to talk about something a little bit more lofty, you know, I earned a degree from University of Wisconsin Lacrosse, right? It's a psychology degree, which I, you know, wouldn't have it, have it any other way. You know, it brought me close to a lot of different people. It brought me to where I am today. You know, I'm happy here in, in Madison, Wisconsin, you know, and enjoy my life very much. But, you know, like, I'm also not doing a job that has anything to do with psychology, you know, like that, you know, that, that, has affected me quite a bit you know just sort of those expectations i set for myself and you know i haven't it's just constantly trying to readjust and say you know like i'm continuing down this path you know and maybe podcasting takes me somewhere and you know maybe you know whether i pursue a different creative project you know trying to you know break into that world or you know whether it be something with the current job that i'm at you know which is you know technology based you know it's Definitely, it's just overcoming, you know, those uh, short change expectations, I think, is uh, something that has, has spurred me on to do this, you know, because if I was just doing the job that was outside of psychology, you know, then it, it, without without this podcast, you know, I, I don't know where my headspace would be at, you know, because this gives me something to work on, work at, make better, you know, and create for people, you know, because otherwise, you know, like... A, just creating something for a corporate entity, you know, that doesn't really give me value. So I think, uh, yeah, I think that kind of, hopefully that answers your question. I don't know. I think sort of an indir indirect way there, but yeah. Well, no, I'm actually glad you said that because I think a lot of people don't think uh, about the people that are behind the podcast and especially in, you know, pandemic and what's going on now, uh, you can't really interact with people. So uh, that that conversation, if you have, like, hey, have you heard this show or what do you think about this show? Uh, for instance, you know, like right in the, uh, the beginning of the pandemic, I was seriously hurt and had to have spine surgery. Uh, I couldn't go to work and I kind of lost contact with all of my friends. Um, Dylan is one of the few people that I still keep in contact with, which is crazy because now we're doing a lot of projects together. So, uh, I totally understand and appreciate that you said that Jay, cause, uh, you're right. It, 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 you can definitely feel lost sometimes and having a project to work on and something to, to focus on and, and to make better, uh, takes up a lot of mental stress, mm -hmm. which, yeah, uh, I'm really, I am. I'm glad you said it. That's really cool. Um, Eli, you're 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 a very like uh well read and a well versed person. Um, do you take a lot of inspiration from anybody? Is it, uh, I know that you were one, I guess, who brought podcast to Jay. Is there a podcast inspiration or uh, somebody that um, like you kind of look up to podcast wise? Uh, well, Jay and I were kind of disciples of the McElroy. So <laughs> if I could pull up the uh, specifically Travis McElroy, I loved um sort of his 
approach to podcasting, his very gregarious nature, uh, how much fun he's having on the shows. Um, I listen to a number of I, uh, film podcasts too, and I like the um, particularly one called Story Break, where it's a writer's room podcast um, where they come up with script ideas, and you know it's it's inherently silly what they do, but it's interesting to get an insight on their creative process, even if it is a crazy idea that may never come to fruition, you still see them going through the process of writing a script. And as someone who has interest in writing scripts and has went to school for it, I find that really very insightful um, and inspirational to my own work. So a lot of you know those podcasting hosts, um, just seeing them, I guess just listening to them be creative, I think more than anything is inspirational. Uh, speaking of creativity, obviously our show is about uh, making up stories uh, every week and whatever, whatever. Um, you guys have to be creative because you are uh, building a fictional fight and then talking yourselves through the fight before and after. Has this brought on any other kind of creative endeavors? Have you guys uh, started writing things or try to create your own uh, either characters to put onto the show or your own stories? Uh, well, I know... Eli's a writer and I, I haven't, I've dabbled in writing at best. Like that, that's a generous statement right there in its own. Um, but yeah, no, writing something for the show it w is inherently interesting. And, you know, one thing that uh, just sort of a side note is that we've always talked about is like, this is about like, as much as we'd love, you know, our imaginary cinematic universe with all these characters, we are just using other people's IPs and like, <laughs> Go anywhere besides you know an audio format but i mean i know there's death battle out there and stuff like that but yeah i but I, I, maybe eli you could speak to this more than i can sure so i actually went to school for creative writing um i'm interested in being a writer uh novelist screenwriter that's sort of my passion i love crafting stories kind of what you guys are talking about and um yeah uh i for this podcast it's I, th I find it helping. Um, this is sort of looping back to your previous question, Zach, about the failures. And one problem I have as, uh, as a writer was coming up with an idea and not following through with it. And so I would always constantly write drafts for stories, you know, novels and things like that. And none of them would get written. Um, but ever since we started this podcast, I had the same reservations when Jay first brought this up to me. It's just like, oh, God, like the logistics of that. What if I miss an episode? Like, maybe I shouldn't do this. But there was this voice in the back of my head that said, just, you know, just do it. It's going to be fun. See what happens. And so I've taken that same approach to writing now where whenever I write something is like, oh, this doesn't work. Like, I'll just start over. It's just like, no, I'll just just do it. Like, it'll be fun. And you might get what you're looking for, even if it's you think you're not getting there. So uh, to me, that podcasting, uh, this podcast project that Jay and I have has helped me uh, sort of indirectly with my other creative endeavors. Oh, that's, yeah. that's so cool. I've, I've always found the second hardest part of writing is starting on a blank page. And the hardest part is letting a full page go without revising it after initially putting the words down. It's I can't. It's, it's like head, it's, bashing, yeah. bashing your head against a brick wall. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, because Dylan, Dylan also has a degree in writing, and mm -hmm. uh, I 
I kind of uh, really latched myself to him because I'm a creative type. I'm, you know, a, a comedian, do improv and whatever. Uh, and I just have a lot of crazy ideas. Dylan was able to take those ideas and structure them down and, you know, kind of help me turn them into actual story instead of just, uh, here's just two guys wearing a suit, you know, which mm -hmm. might be funny. Uh, that wasn't a good example, but. <laughs> <laughs> I'm writing that down. Yeah, uh, please, please don't. Two guys in suits. Yeah, <laughs> there's more three bracket. of super bracket they, bros done. It's in there. We're. We're they play music and they escape the cops. Uh, <laughs> they're, they're in a jug band and they're escaping security from a mall. <laughs> um, okay, so let, let's get back to your show. Um, now, uh, a couple quick questions that we ask everyone just to be, because we find out that they have encountered something along their life. Um, but do you guys have a celebrity encounter? Have you been anywhere and run across a celebrity or have met a celebrity or seen one in a Waffle House? Uh, well, I um, I used to work in the hotel industry, so um, and being here in Madison, you know, there were a couple couple big names that would uh, walk through the doors occasionally. Um, specifically, uh, oh, what's his Clark Gregg? Do you happen to know that name by any means? I know you know his face. Yeah, he's uh, he's yeah. an Avenger, <laughs> kind of. <laughs> yep, yep, Mr. Uh, Mr. Phil Colson of Agents yeah. of Shield. Yeah, he uh, asked me where to get breakfast, and uh, I stared at him for about five seconds, and then was able to answer his question. <laughs> and I needed to make sure uh, who was in front of me. And I was like, yeah. okay, I'm gonna give him the good breakfast place this time. <laughs> the good, the but, good uh, breakfast place. Uh, yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, the the yeah, low key one. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, in the Midwest, it's not brimming with celebrities. Like I'm sure LA, you can see a celebrity like across the corner every like few blocks or whatever. But in the Midwest, it's more. Uh, I've I've ran uh, had some encounters with uh, professional sports players. Usually, my cousin played for a college team whose friend is now like a backup quarterback somewhere. <laughs> like that's probably the extent <laughs> of my you know uh, <laughs> my interactions with celebrities. But yeah, that's about as far as it goes. Yeah, I've, uh, I've, I've been in New York. I've been to LA. I've never come across a celebrity, but I lived in Delaware for a very long time and I worked in restaurants and I've met the most amount of celebrities just in Delaware. And uh, yeah, that's <laughs> such, such a weird place. Um, all right. So Dylan, do you want to get on our show? Uh, obviously, we, sure. can, we can chat with these guys all day, um, but do you want to quickly explain what our show is? Yeah, so for anyone who's just checking in, we just finished up an interview with Eli and Jay of the Super Bracket Bros podcast talking about mashing up characters, fighting each other, and what happens in between. It's a nice little thing. You should go check it out on, I think, all platforms. But uh, for talking Absolutely. upstream, we're moving to the second phase of the show where Zach and I and Eli and Jay, if they're more than if they're well, they are welcome to, and if they want to, and hang out. We're going to Zach and I present one idea each. And then we're going to ask our guests to choose one of the ideas, which Zach and I will spin out into something that hopefully we can build a little more of a uh, structure on top of. Something that will give us a good idea and eventually something we can sell to someone so that we can actually say that we are professionals at this. <laughs> yeah, true. Yeah. No, that's it. Yeah. Uh, special thanks to International Broadcast Media Television for having us on here and letting us just chat all over their network. That's super cool. We do have some Patreon members that do help us do what we're doing. Uh, and if you do want to support us and help us make a movie or anything, go to patreon.com backslash some nobodies. Um, normally, what happens here is that uh, the week before, one of the two choices did not get picked inherently. That's just how a choice works. And then we would bring that choice to the next week. And then somebody, whoever did not win, has to think of another one. 
But if you tuned in last week, what you'll notice was that Mark Lee chose both of our choices because uh, I, I think he wanted to challenge us with something. So we don't have a leftover choice, so we had to come up with one each, which we is fine. We do 100% more work this week. 100% more work <laughs> for this very, very free show. Um, so the, the the concept that I that I came up with, uh, knowing you guys are going to be on here... Um, and uh, <laughs> this one actually uh, made me giggle a lot was I always see in movies where like a Mortal Kombat where they get uh, a fighter of their dimension gets ported to somewhere and that's where the fight starts. And my uh, my question is, what if the wrong person got pulled into this tournament, but through a slumdog millionaire style series of events? actually won these fights um maybe his stepdad was a karate instructor and taught him one move maybe his youtube uh his favorite youtuber uh taught him one hold which won something uh yeah so so my... a lot of forge by fire <laughs> dude it's about the quench we all know that i know <laughs> um yeah so so the story that i would like to go over at some point is uh the wrong person being taken to a mortal Kombat situation and winning through I hate saying Slumdog Millionaire style, but I don't know the better adjective for that. But I think they, you at, least, they at least come out okay. I think is how you initially kind of texted me that idea, where it's yeah. like, yeah, they they don't lose horrifically in the first battle like you would expect a normal guy to lose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, all right, Dylan. So because you have to choose something, what did you come up with this week? Okay, so I've had an idea in our little Google Doc that was. I'm going to I'm going to offer you an A-B choice on this idea because it's effectively kind of the same theme. I've had this idea for a long time where it is a time travel heist using historical figures. And I figured you guys probably aren't tired yet of talking about contests or brackets or something. And Zach texted me this idea, so I kind of had a, a twinning of it where it is kind of a Street Fighter Mortal Kombat idea where historical figures are pulled together into a tournament and have to fight. Now, if you guys are tired of doing tournament stuff or you want to hit his up, that can be changed to a time travel heist. Uh, the idea is here before you. So I, I'm throwing I, Zach a curveball on this one. We did not discuss this beforehand. <laughs> no, I, I do I do like your your uh, celebrity heist thing. My problem is that it's it's Bill and Teddy, I think, kind of. Um, <laughs> and, and the second one I thought you were going to say, I do like a battle of historical figures, but uh, I, I don't know why I thought this, and I think it's because you texted me something about this yesterday, but I thought you were going to say a tournament with uh, public domain figures, which is, <laughs> which is very weird, <laughs> just with free people. Um, but okay, so we're going to do, uh, we have... All right, so uh, okay, obviously we've been listening to your show a lot, so we're we're stuck in yeah. bracket phase. But yeah, uh, yeah. Mm -hmm. so the, the, yeah, we have the two stories. My story uh, is that a guy gets taken to Mortal Kombat accidentally and can somehow get his way out of it, maybe. Um, and then I guess you have a, a choice of the choice. You can either do a historical time heist or historical figure, like Street Fighter. Is that is that what yeah. it is? Tournament. Cool. Okay, Eli and Jay from Super Bracket Bros. You get the hardest choice today, which is, what do we do? <laughs> uh, okay. okay. My first thought, I really like Zach's idea. <laughs> I, I enjoy fish out of water scenarios. Um, particularly this one, I think, could be a lot of fun. Say, like, an accountant gets sucked in, but he's like a Boy Scout 
or like yep. does karate, yeah. you know, and the guy, you have like Raiden walk up to him and he's just like his instincts kick in and he does a self-defense move and incapacitate, like gets, gets the like technical victory over Raiden, mm -hmm. <laughs> like, like gets Raiden to step out of the ring or something. So that, that was yeah, where I like my, that. That was where my uh, head went first. Yeah, he remembers like high school. He's like, "Well, I can, I can manipulate electricity if I do this." And then Raiden's like, "No, <laughs> potato battery or something." <laughs> yeah. yeah, the potato. <laughs> oh, that's funny. <laughs> oh, that's good. Oh, yeah, I definitely, um, I can, I can sense the 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 appeal, the almost Cards Against Humanity like appeal to the 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 pickers <laughs> and choosers here. So I think, um, I, I. You know, my my first instinct is actually I like the historical figure, figures heist. I think um, I, I I maybe this is there was a um, did any of y'all watch Clone High by chance? No, <laughs> passively. This, this uh, Eli, do you know what I'm talking about? I know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> there was this uh, animated TV series that lasted well, I mean one or two seasons maybe, and uh, it was clones of uh, famous historical figures put into a high school together. So you had the high school versions of what was it like Abraham Lincoln, like Cleopatra, like all like these these historical figures, but they're teenage versions interacting like, with each other. Like jo Joan of Arc was the like emo girl like in the yes, corner yeah. <laughs> oh cool it made gandhi it made gandhi the comedy relief like <laughs> class clown <laughs> yeah I, I, gotta, I gotta watch this <laughs> and so and so the his, the history heist that reminds me of that and so i'm just sort of i'm imagining what circumstances you know like <laughs> the 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 greatest you know like the Maybe there's like this this ultimate thief who's discovered time travel and wants to pull off the ultimate heist with the ultimate crew of historical figures and goes mm -hmm. back and pulls George Washington into his crew and is like, "We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna go take the Louvre. Let's go, buddy." <laughs> yeah, as much as much as I like the whole uh, fish out of water nobody scenario, I am almost wanting to go with the time heist now because I, I love the idea of like. See how we can appropriate these historical figures and make them into like I don't know. We can make Teddy Roosevelt an enforcer. Maybe Leo De <laughs> Leo Da Vinci is uh, designing the getaway car or something. So I'm totally down for time heist. Let's do that. All right. All right. Good job, Dylan. All hey, right. I so I didn't, I didn't it expect like... to win. Yeah. I thought I thought I was surprised Jay didn't go with the bracket. I thought you'd. Yeah. I I mean, like, of course. I like brackets. I love the I love the tournament idea and the and the Street Fighter Mortal Kombat pulling the 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 guy out of nowhere and yeah I I, I do like that a lot. But yeah, the heist is it sounds like it has more potential for it a, a to B to C and lots of hijinks in between. Oh yeah, no, I completely agree. Uh, okay, well, this is the part of the show where uh, Dylan and I have a lot of fun. Uh, and with our guests, obviously, if you guys want to hang out. But once again, uh, this is Jay and Eli from Super Bracket Bros. Check them out anywhere. Super Bracket Bros is very, very enjoyable. It's very consumable. Uh, once you start it, you don't realize that it's it's not even that long of a show, but it really goes pretty quickly. Um, if you're like me and you're just walking around to Walmart, uh, you'll start yelling at one of them out loud and having people look at you. Uh, like, Grievous should have won. And I don't know if you know, I do, I do have a Grievous. I do have a Grievous tattoo right here too. So yeah, I was hoping to see it today. So thank you. Yeah. Yeah, that's fantastic. The whole episode, I had my headphones in. I was looking at my tattoos like, you're going to make it, buddy. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> Did not make it. Okay, cool. So historical time heist. Uh, 
Mm-hmm. Um, Dylan, now you saw yes. this as a heist of time or a heist through time? A heist through time. Yes. You never know. <laughs> and I had a minor list of characters who I thought would be a good start, jumping off point to see who this team would be assembled from. All right, cool. A, mm-hmm. I think the time machine comes from Tesla. I think Nikola Tesla makes the actual time machine. Oh yeah, and maybe his goal is to maybe they're trying to steal something to like promote free energy or something like that. Okay. I thought I thought figure out time travel but not free energy. Yeah, okay, okay, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the um, <clears throat> either the heist coordinator or one of the lead actual thieves is DB Cooper. Okay, that's cool. Uh, either before or after he pulls off the airplane, probably after. Maybe that was like a, a test drive for the actual time machine. He just gets yanked out of the time stream instead of jumping off the plane. <laughs> we got to hurry up and make this before that Loki show comes out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wait, is okay, he supposed to be D.B. Cooper in that? Yeah, he's D.B. Cooper, oh. and he's like he's like a couple of weird people through time. But I do I like this because obviously yeah, that shows yeah. that we don't know if that's real or not. That's fine. Uh, no, this is before this is before Loki airs. Okay. Yeah, true. We got to beat Disney to airing their completed show that they're putting out like next month or something. So our so our, our normal job. Hurry <laughs> up and beat Disney. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, let's see. And as far as like, so generally heist roles, you have your face who talks to people. You have the acrobat. Um, we have the techie, and we have the like. I guess the what would you what would you refer to as the role? For DB Cooper, the slide, the guy who actually takes stuff. Um, yeah, I get. Uh, yeah, so the, it, 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 the the Matt Damon character, right? Uh, sorry, I'm, I'm. This instantly has me going oceans. Sorry. Yeah, sure. No, no go for it. No, it's, I, an, I, it's an ensemble heist, so that is perfectly natural. Yeah, I think I think grabbing a grabbing a, an oceans template is kind of smart um, because it, to have a lot of people would make this movie or idea even better. So, um, and mm-hmm. they are every aspect of what a heist could be. So I think using exactly. an oceans template for, for characters is perfect. Um, so okay, so the Matt Damon character, which is what what is he's well, is that the face or is that the Danny Ocean character? I don't think Ocean's the face because he's too—he's too recognizable. He's too close to the people he's heisting. I think probably Matt Damon's the face, or so or George Clooney is like so George Clooney's like the sleight of hand or the distraction he's the, or whatever. He's the mastermind. He's the one who yeah. organizes the whole thing. Oh, okay, mastermind. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so who do you see as the mastermind of this whole thing? I oh, I kind of like Jay's idea of sort of a like a unknown criminal mastermind or somebody who wants to prove he's the greatest of all time. And is so it, he kind of like the straight man who's gonna corral all these crazy historical figures. So we don't so we don't know who the mastermind is. They just so uh Yeah. Okay, cool. All right, this is cool. Um if, if or, it hadn't or, been done already, I would say we'd make the surprise be Moriarty, but that's been done in like every one of these. Okay. So how about this? How about mm-hmm. Arsene Lupin, but he's actually real? <laughs> he's a real who? person. Who? <laughs> he's who? a famous gentleman thief. <laughs> Uh, but he's a, he's a he's a he's a fictional character, but he's actually real. <laughs> oh, cool! Boy, what? <laughs> Get meta in this. Let's do it. <laughs> yeah, who, who is this? Say it again. Arsene Lupin. Oh, he's a he's a French uh, gentleman thief. He's one of the first codifiers of the trope. Mm-hmm. No, yeah, he's sort of the original. Yeah. 
I don't know how to spell that or if it's letters or a name. <laughs> was it the letters R and C or is that a full it, name, R-C? R-C is like A-R-S-E-N-E. He's French, so it makes sense. You don't know how to. No one knows how to spell French. So. No, and I've actually <laughs> never heard of them. So I, I'm, I'm upset about this. So it's cool. Um, all right, so I love that's great. And so is is the 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 gentleman Frenchman? Is he the mastermind of all of this so far? And we don't know about that. I like that. Could right, be. Cool. Yeah. 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 What are some other characters that you need in the heist? We need a brute. We need someone who can strong arm people. I heard uh, Teddy Roosevelt floated earlier. Do we like, uh, do we like Teddy? Well. Yeah, he's Love got that. his big stick. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Not afraid to use it. <laughs> right. So we got Teddy Roosevelt as the brute. I think that's cool. And this we got is before he's president. This is when he's Rough Rider Teddy. <laughs> yeah. yeah, with his leather jacket. Yeah, yeah exactly. That's, that's cool. Um, Coming right, in so, on the horse, one hundred percent. They 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 bring him through the time machine. He shows up on a horse, and everybody's freaked out because they didn't expect to also get the horse. <laughs> That's a big mouth of chewing tobacco for some reason. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, okay. So what what other characters uh, do do we need in our heist? So we got our brew, we got our. We need a window character. We need someone who people can relate to. I think, unless we no. want to make one of these guys like the main character. Um, so I, I, okay, maybe we should hop into kind of the story. So sure. we have to figure out a way that we're going to grab these people from history. Mm -hmm. We have to figure out the science of what this is that we're grabbing them and also why we're grabbing them. So we're okay. saying that the, the gentleman is the one who's grabbing these historical figures to put a heist together. I'm sorry, go ahead, Jay. So here's what I'm thinking is we have, we, we, we have a French gentleman and that's, that that's what he's titled. That's what he's credited as. Because no one knows Eli's fictional BS character. <laughs> There's the French gentleman. Thank and you. I don't know how to say, say it. Say 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 he exists in the same time period that Tesla does. He goes to Tesla and is like, "I want a time machine. Can you make that happen?" And Tesla's like, "Yeah, sure. Why not?" And so they take the time machine. They go a hundred years, two hundred years, a thousand years in the future, whatever they have been, and they see like. Okay, then they see just an apocalypse. The world is over. It's corrupt. It's the worst place on earth. So then they have to go back through history, grab these figures, bring them to create some sort of ultimate Illuminati to save the world from this ultimate fate. Okay. I, I realize I'm going away from the heist aspect of it here, but no. that's where my brain oh, that's, is going. That's the nature of ideas, too. Like you hit, you hit on something that works really well, and suddenly it swerves the entire thing, and that's fine. Yeah, I actually like that story a lot more. We, um, we can still do like a heist scene where they have to maybe the maybe the time machine runs off some sort of exotic fuel they have to like mm -hmm. go grab more of. Well, they also I guess a little bit. I guess in your scenario, maybe, Jay, do they? No, good. As they encounter problems, they realize they have to go to different points in history to get a specific person to solve that problem. <laughs> and so it's just them constantly running into roadblocks and like, oh, like none of us are good at talking to people. We need a face man. Like, who's the best face man in history? And and they, they go back, they find the crappies like 18th century library in the in the local town and like look up like, okay, who's the who, a library? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So, I'm seeing I'm seeing this as something as more of a movie length project. We it could probably be done as TV, but 
that would run pretty close to Doctor Who, it feels like, because Doctor Who always runs into famous historical Earth figures. Mm. Yeah. Which yeah, isn't like, necessarily like a problem. Movie. Yeah. But yeah. the movie seems... Yeah, I'm with you. I yes. think I think I think a standalone uh, feature length uh, would be very cool for this. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. Okay. So the idea is that the the gentleman, the French gentleman, um, wants a time machine for some reason, and he goes to Tesla, and they go to the future because Tesla has a time machine. In the future, they see that it is desolate and awful, and they decide that they're going to save humanity. Is that right? Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I would say Lupin. The French gentleman Thank wants you. to save the future because he was visited by a figure who told him the future was going to be awful. You don't know who it is yet, and then eventually you realize it's been Philip K. Dick. Because <laughs> he was inspired by being visited himself, so now he's gone back in time and told someone else to f save the world. I was I was yeah. actually thinking, what, what if they go to the future and it's sort of this dystopia taken over by like the evil Illuminati? So they go back in time to make the good Illuminati and beat the bad. <laughs> oh my yeah, god! Cool. Two two warring time travel factions of like <laughs> historical figures. That's cool. Yeah, yeah, I love that. That's cool. <laughs> they have gentleman agreements about how to top travel back in time. Like, no, no, you you leave my parents out of this. Yeah, <laughs> you have a problem uh, with me? You come deal with me. You don't wipe me out. Like, <laughs> okay, Eli, what what year is the future that they go to? See, and I was 1999. <laughs> I actually like I that. Like, like, I like, I like Tesla's like has this cap or whatever. Like the dial doesn't go to like two on the fourth <laughs> slot or two. It's, yeah, it's, it like, stops at 99. <laughs> the, loop, uh, yeah. the gentleman, the gentleman thief is like, why don't we go to 2000? He's like, it doesn't go that high. <laughs> He's like, uh, no, the world doesn't isn't going to last that long. <laughs> yeah. I've only made one. <laughs> All right, cool. So they go to 1999. I think that's awesome. <laughs> Uh, and then, then we justify it as like at the end they show up at like a a standard coffee shop on a street corner in New York, and it's our world, and it's like, well, I guess it all worked out in the end, huh? No, it worked <laughs> yeah. out from the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> no, it always has worked it out. Always, it's always worked out. <laughs> always has worked out. Yeah. Um, okay, so in, in in the dystopic 1999, who is the bad Illuminati? Hmm. Are these so? If if Tesla is one side of the time travel coin, Eli knows where I'm going with this. Yeah. <laughs> you make Edison the bad guy. You yeah, make perfect. Edison like the bad guy Illuminati leader. Yes, yes, I'm for it. <laughs> yep. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and then and the, then the evil. It's not the the French gentleman is our hero, and the English gentleman is the bad guy. <laughs> <laughs> or we. Oh. What, okay, so Dylan, what if we do a thing that I always try to pitch in every idea that it's always like cyclical? Like, let's say that yeah. we have an exact uh, representation of all of the good heist people, and they have gone to the future and saw that Tesla and the French gentleman have taken over, and they form their own Illuminati, which is the one that we're getting to now. So we're seeing like the third lapse of this timeline. <laughs> okay, hold on. Let me let me let me work this out before I agree. You're gonna yeah. need something bigger than a whiteboard, so, man. I regret, I, 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 I regret all advocacy of time travel <laughs> in this idea. <laughs> so Edison, not Edison. So no, actually, so Edison and his partner, whoever that may be, go into the future. Mm -hmm. They see that Tesla has effectively done what he intended to do originally. Free energy is everywhere. It's fine, but there's probably some shadowy aspect to it, so that it's not 100% great, and they want to change it. 
they yeah. go back in time and implement their own plan. Tesla and uh, Arsene Lupin go into the future and see the aftermath of that plan after it's put in motion. They realize that someone has already meddled with the time stream and they go back and stop the other one. Yeah. Okay. Cool. I'm in. I wanted to make sure. <laughs> okay. We're doing so. Our first, so our first, our first movie travel. has already happened where they fixed the time stream and now someone unfixed it and now yes. the, you know, now now the current movie is them refixing yes. the time okay. stream. Okay. Yeah, we're we're writing a sequel to a horror movie that never happened. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Cool. Well, this is the first time we've done this sort of direct. We've all we've had ideas featured on the show in the past episodes where time travel plays a part, whether it's a time loop or one person gets sent back in time at the end, or there's some sort of weird nonsense with with the cycle. But this is the first like in depth time travel thing we've done, and the peril of time travels movies is that everybody goes in with their own expectations, and if you don't set out your universe's rules consistently and evenly people are going to come at you with questions about like well why didn't they just do this so i just wanted to make sure that i had the cycle of events and loops correct no i and honestly as always dylan i always appreciate your uh, insistence to throw math into our stories <laughs> okay so so we're picking up with uh with 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 uh our french gentleman and tesla wanting to do this um so they're gonna they're gonna achieve their goal at the end of this, right? It's just so I we get so. A, a linear end, um, and which is and, and the ending is that coffee houses exist in 1999. Is that what you're saying? Sure. <laughs> that they go to like a Borders Cafe. Go ah, oh, things are good. <laughs> Libraries everywhere. So long as Borders <laughs> is around, everything is fine. Yeah. So maybe there's the, that's the one key thing where they 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 always go back to every once in a while to figure out if the time stream is, yeah. is intact and yeah. it, it's whether or not a, a that coffee shop is there or not. That that yeah. is the go to. Like okay, we know it's good. We know it's not good. It's, it's like, like oh, it, we, it's the we, top from it's the top from uh, Inception. That that exactly. that's their top. That, oh, it's like we won, and then they look at the coffee shop. Dang, we did. <laughs> it's a donut <laughs> shop. Dang it. Shoot. Yeah, it's like a uh, hot hot mud. And like, hmm, what do we do? <laughs> <laughs> All right, cool. So the coffee shop is so the coffee shop is the picture of Marty McFly's family. Is that, yeah. is that what you're saying? Yes. All right, cool. that, like exactly. every ten years relative to their own time, they like gather together and look in the future to make sure things are consistent. So and are we saying time, that it's a smoking crater? Now, yeah, what so the, the opening of the movie is them just getting together. Like you think it's just like a typical reunion, you know, all the all these people, you know, like coming together, and you realize, oh, that one's named Tesla. That one's what? Who is that? What? Uh, what's happening here? And then all of a sudden, they hit a big red button, and they go in time to check out their coffee shop, and then everything kicks off from there. <laughs> cool. So that what what is what is the the push for the travel? Is it that they so I guess I have one of two ideas. One, Tesla has created electricity and he also has a time machine and wants to see how electricity has shaped the world. Or two, Tesla invents time travel and then decides to take the French gentleman with him just to see how the future is. Here's what I'm thinking. I think I think a, a origin story you know, for these French gentlemen and Tesla, French gentleman goes to Tesla and say, let's do time travel. 
he's like, okay, let's do it. I want to French gentleman originally, like I want to do the greatest heist of all time. I want to steal something from the future and bring it back to the past. And so he, he goes to Tesla like, Hey, can we do this? They go, they realize that the time stream is messed up. They go and they fix it. He becomes a better person. And then by the time our movie is happening, we have an older French gentleman and maybe, maybe we, as the viewers watching this movie, maybe he's bringing someone in, you know, like, it's like, as these historical figures pass away, they say, they say to their son, their nephew, their, their, you know, protege, like, okay, you need to do this now, you know? And so maybe like, we are coming at this from the perspective of someone, someone young, you know, like for the French gentleman's like grandson is now being brought into the Illuminati business. <laughs> and cool. uh, he needs, that's how we get everything explained to us. That's how like, everything is told to us how, how what the rules of this universe yeah. are and then yeah, like on the first travel of uh arson's grandson going with tesla into the future it's the broken future and tesla's yeah. like well crap okay your yep. grandfather said your grandfather said the last time i saw him to leave him out of it after the previous time so i can't go get him so we gotta leave <laughs> more team because I'm going to yep, respect exactly. his last wishes to live out the rest of his life without time travel nonsense. All right, cool. Exactly. All right, so the way that uh, Dylan and I have, have started, when we get to a certain point, we have to either do character development or story arcing. And uh, Dylan always tells me about these uh, these story arcs and how you need them in all of your stories. So, Dylan, um, do you see this as a three-arc story structure or do you see this as a different style of uh, storytelling technique? Uh, I think three act works for this. I don't think we need to go too complex because introducing time travel already allows us as much complexity as we want. All right, cool. So if the first thing they do is, uh, not the first thing, but in that first third of this movie, they go to the future and they find out that it is messed up. And then that's when they start deciding they need to build the good Illuminati to protect the future, right? Yeah, right. So the first arc, the first third of the movie is them building a team. Is that correct? I think so. All mm -hmm. right. So uh, so we have the, the team building. And then the second arc is them getting what? I think that's when they have their confrontation with their other, their counterparts. And that's where the conflict arises, where it's like they go back and they, they identify at the end of the third act. They got the group together they've kind of identified one of the points of divergence and they're going to address it. And when they arrive there, either they are ambushed by or interrupting the people who are currently changing the future. Cool. Yeah. So maybe, maybe there's like a, a, a terrorist threat that they go, they like know where the bomb's going to be. They go to remove the bomb. They're there, they're taking the bomb away. And then five minutes later, the building still blows up and they realize there's another time squad out there doing the same thing that we're doing. Time squad. <laughs> Dude, I like time squad. <laughs> All right, that's, that's the current name right now. Time squad. <laughs> but not with a K like those idiots. Um, <laughs> All right, cool. Uh, all right, so we're actually at the hour point, so let's just uh, kind of let people know what's going on. If you happen, just tune in right now. What we're doing is me and Dylan, we are some nobodies, and we are joined by Jade Eli from the Sewer Bracket Bros, and we're creating a story. Uh, this is Talk on Stream. What we're trying to do is with our friends, we try to talk ourselves up to a streaming service. Today, the story that uh, our friends chose was a historical time heist, which is currently being called Time Squad, 
And currently what it is, is the French gentleman who I refuse to say his name because I know I'm going to get it wrong. Uh, he goes to Tesla to create uh, time travel so that he can do the best time heist known to time. Right? Yeah. Time. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, all time. ever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then when they get to the future after Tesla very quickly and almost Iron Man like creates time travel, uh, they get to the future and they see that there is a dystopic future where uh, energy is not free and uh, coffee is not being served. And they go, <laughs> they go back to the past and realize that they got to build their team to do good for the future. Right. Yeah. Is that what yes. it is? I I like that as the backstory. I like the idea that it's the French gentleman's grandson and they realize that the future's broken again or something for the actual yes. like, initiating of the story. Yeah. Cool. Um, all right, Dylan, where do you see this going now? Well, so we got arc one, which is getting the team together and then actually initiating the fix the future heist. Um, and then kicking into arc, like the second act, um, they realize that there is a rival squad of time travelers led by Edison trying to make a gross hypercapitalist future. Something something that Tesla's not into, something that people aren't into. It's it's a negative outcome. What if Edison's looking for the universal uh, patent? Oh, okay. <laughs> like a single patent he can do on anything. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing will stop Edison in his quest to patent everything. <laughs> yeah. Edison, so he's in it for his own his own drive. He's in it. He doesn't necessarily want to help people. He's just looking to like patent stuff from the future. I like that. <laughs> yeah. I kind of like universal patent. That's weird. Yeah. <laughs> he just like stamps it on like a wall and it's like, this is mine now. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you do know that I own that, right? I, I that. <laughs> he comes back from the future with like what looks like a stamp, but it has like a heating filament in it and it just goes <laughs> <laughs> It's a lightsaber notary thing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I did that. Um, oh, okay, and so we don't really have. I don't have Act Three down yet, so I don't know yeah. necessarily where. I think it would be nice if they fix things again with the idea that you know, you'll see me. You you know, you do the whole like you have to come back with me, Marty. Ending where, you know, it's the, the adventure continues even if we don't pick it back up. Yeah. Um, what what is what is something that uh, Time Squad A can do? to alter the the timeline like what what is the thing that they can get or the person they stop or the the the, the crux like what's the thing i i suppose we should lay out the idea that there's a gentleman's agreement between the original time travelers that they don't go back in time and mess with everybody else's timeline tesla's not going to go back and hurt edison's parents edison isn't going to go back and burn down baby tesla's house that sort of thing they leave each other out of it so it's more like they affect events if that makes sense Wait, so they in the future they have created an agreement where they don't go into the past to alter things? They don't go in the past to directly affect someone else's time stream. Like they're not going to go back and remove Tesla from the time stream because that's unsportsmanlike. So then when they go to the future and realize that what they're not there, then they're like, oh, I got to fix this. So do we have a moment at the like the second act is them taking jabs at each other, undoing and redoing various events that lead to the future they want, right? Yeah. But then eventually there comes a moment, you know, whether where they're crossing hands or like the less, you know, like the 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 French gentleman's grandson, you know, runs into a similarly aged counterpart and they meet and talk and they're like, 
oh, we're not so different after all. And like creates this dialogue between evil and good time squad where they sit down at a table together and it's like, okay, we're not going to kill each other's parents, you know, et cetera, et cetera. The next thing that happens is they go and like kill Tesla's parents in the past or whatever. And they're like, wow, we never thought about that. That's a really good idea. They break the agreement almost immediately. And so thus then the problem is, okay, how do we stop them once and for all? Like how do we figure out, how do we trace them through time to figure out where their HQ is, where we can stop them all at the same time? I, I like the idea. I like that idea a lot, especially the idea of a time traveler summit where they're like, all right, we're not going to go back and attack each other's babies because a, that's messed up. And B, we don't know what would happen if part of this rivalry disappears. And I like the idea that someone goes back almost immediately and breaks that. Now, is that <laughs> going to be, is that going to be Edison just being unsportsmanlike or did Edison recruit someone on his team? Who's too much of a loose cannon. Hmm. And also, and how, how terrible do we want to make Edison? He recruited uh, Andrew Barry. Jackson. Uh, <laughs> yes. It's <laughs> <laughs> enough to beat you against him in the first place. Yeah. <laughs> He's just like, you can't do that. All right, st- stop well, me then. Even, Bye. <laughs> Andrew Jackson or someone who is, I, get, I was going to say ruthless, and historically Jackson is pretty ruthless. I was thinking uh, on a more... Um, on a more personal level, someone who a historical figure who's like petty enough to go after someone personally. I'm not sure who that would be. Uh, I mean, Lovecraft is a pretty awful dude, and <laughs> Lovecraft was also a recluse. I can't imagine him getting out yeah. and actually doing that. I like yeah. the idea of him being some. They try to recruit him, and he goes, "I never work with any of those people on my team," and everybody's just like, well, "All right, now nah, we're not involved. Yeah, we're not let's not talk to this, this guy." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It'd be fun if they brought like somebody bad from the future that obviously we know as as viewers, but they don't know. Like if he brings back Hitler and he goes, "Hey, look who I got," and he's like, "Who's that guy?" He's like, "Trust me, trust me. This guy's real bad." <laughs> Animorphs did something kind of like that when they did a time travel story. Who's that? Animorphs. Oh yeah, <laughs> dude, you love Animorphs. <laughs> uh, all right, Dylan. So what what do you think the third act should consist of? Um, I like the idea that someone has gone back in time and targeted people personally. So the shift goes from, we got to stop arguing about this future and we got to start arguing about our present. Like somebody, somebody decides to go nuclear and start going back even further. And they have to like team together to stop this guy who has already bounced around a whole bunch to ruin a whole bunch of timelines. So how do you see this ending? Because there's no like, unless they go back in time and erase that Edison ever existed. Uh, how do you, how do you see this kind of wrapping itself up? Well, I suppose if we make Edison reasonable enough to agree to certain things, Edison can, Edison and them can just agree to stop messing with the time stream whatsoever. So Edison's like, <coughs> fine. If you just give me the patent for electricity, give me the I'll, light bulb. I'll stop doing this. <laughs> Give me the light bulb. <laughs> Tell people that I made the light bulb. <laughs> yeah, something like that. And then, um, I don't know, the French gentleman's grandson or something leaves like a note in someone's textbook where it's like, never forget uh, Marconi. <laughs> it's not Marconi. It's the other guy with a similar Italian name who invented the light bulb. I don't remember. Um, <laughs> what, if, what if they go back and they try to stop Edison and the first time they end up, they, they end, they end up, killing Edison or incapacitating him so that he doesn't invent what he needs to invent. Right. And then they go back to the future and realize that 
the things that he did, like the the general good he put into the world, will never happen via anybody else's hands. Even if Tesla tries to do it, like for whatever reason, the world just shuts it down. Tesla tries to invent electricity, but that he gets shut down. It, like the world just won't take it from. They only take it from Edison. So they realize, okay, we have to go back, stop Edison, stop us from removing <laughs> Edison, so that's, that the cycle has to continue. <laughs> for 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 eternity, like they they have to like constantly. It's it's like keeping the balance of time, like going constantly having to go back and forth. You know, they constantly have having to have these summits. You know, they have a meeting and they're like, "Listen, none of us like him, but T Edison is a historical necessity." Yeah, right. <laughs> we don't know why, we don't know how, but don't know he why. is. <laughs> like, who's who's, it's like the who's keeping damn. Who's keeping track of all like the time rules and laws? Is there like that, like a time bureaucracy kind of thing, or uh, are they like uh, like time stormtroopers? Do they have the like, it, falls time, baby? <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> if, if they have like a summit, then there's like one person who's like, "All right, you guys know the rules. We've made this up in the time summit of twenty ninety three or whatever." <laughs> uh, yeah, the, I, like the, because, I like that because um the time bureaucracy doesn't they there's too much red tape so they can't stop the bad guys from changing things willy-nilly so the yeah. french gentleman's grandson and them they have to take it into their own hands so mm -hmm. we get a single reference of like the time bureaucracy and they they're just like listen i know what you may think that they control all time so they're very efficient it's exactly the opposite. They haven't <laughs> done. They haven't done anything the equivalent of 150 years. Yeah, you guys, yeah, you guys yeah. are uh, you guys are toddlers here playing with time. Have a great you know, like <laughs> yeah. You know, like we we do not have we don't have time. God, we don't have time for you. <laughs> you actually do. No, we do not. No, I'm on the grand scheme of things, you actually haven't caused that much damage. So if it crops up too much, you can expect a, a visit from us in the future. And then he pulls yeah. out of existence. <laughs> <laughs> it's like you guys are talking about one thing on the planet Earth, and that's it. Like, we yeah. do not care. <laughs> <laughs> We're still dealing with this election thing that's <laughs> pissing people off. <laughs> it's a different election. It's a future time election. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Listen, 20, 2020 is like a temporal linchpin. Everybody's yeah. here. It's like, dude, 20 <laughs> years from now, shit's going to get weird. <laughs> um, We're still untangling so, that mess. Anyway. Dylan, what do you see? The, uh, how do you see the end? Okay, so the end is that they convince Edison that he needs to uh, invent electricity, that he can't mess with time. Or, or, or is Edison the French grandson the whole time? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> no, I I think Eli and I are in accordance on this one. I I don't think we bootstrap anybody as like the secret grandson of another person or not. Okay, good. Although good, some you... part of me, some part of me would like to just double down, just go, <laughs> just go really crazy. <laughs> every every time we talk about any kind of time travel thing, at some point I'm like, but what if they were the person the whole time? Yeah. Sometimes it works. <laughs> The uh, devil on my shoulder wants to do that, but I'm gonna say no. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm called no. all you zombies. You should read. Yeah, yeah, very good book. Uh, short story. Um, okay, so what what is the final scene? Like, what what are we seeing at the very end here? Uh, is is it is it a young Tesla talking, to, or is it a young Edison talking to an old Edison that they have now recruited onto Tesla's side? Um, because I guess at some point we got to see Edison make that change and decide to 
not be a turd or, or a bad turd. Or, I mean, or Edison was kind of a turd throughout his entire life, but um, yeah, but, but before this happened, he was way worse, though. Yes. Um, are you strafing, Dylan? I'm adjusting my camera. <laughs> <laughs> um, I actually have Apex Legends going in the background simultaneously gaming and doing our show. No, um, I'm seeing it as like it's it's coming to me kind of Nolan-esque where it's like they're at, they're in a public space they're gathering they're kind of realizing that things went okay and then something grabs their attention that shows them that it didn't necessarily entirely go their way but it's not a bad thing like they look up and they see someone at a cafe they thought was dead or like they look up and see a different group of time travelers heisting people in the di- like in the distance and they're like well do we want to get involved in this <laughs> <laughs> yeah maybe, maybe it's sort of like uh angels and demons kind of thing it's a give and take where they realize like okay we're gonna be able to make some good things in this world and there's just some things that we're just gonna have to we're just gonna have to let go you know like there's something like the, the yeah the bad time squad is gonna get wins we're gonna get wins we just have to keep the balance going i, bad I time think squad does not it sounds like a band name or something we're the bad time <laughs> squad so does it end uh just so that i can see it is it a kind of thing where they see maybe a worst a worst time squad doing something and they go yeah. like all right look we can't even have that so we got to team up guys let's either, do that's, that's what i'm thinking like the andrew jackson character whoever's the the worst <laughs> guy that's recruited by the bad time squad he goes back he starts doing things that are absolutely unapproved by the good time squad but then he goes 100 rogue and starts killing like bad time squad members too like he he goes absolutely rogue they team up to put him down and like and he's about to like end the apps like he goes back to the cuban missile crisis you know and is there like talking to you know talking to jfk or something and is like do it do it and, and and you know then they they get this this argument or something and so like he's about to like abs- just end all human life and because for whatever reason he he's andrew jackson we don't need a reason you know he's just and and yeah and so then they work together stop him and they're like okay this we're gonna keep this up you know and yeah, leave the potential open for a you know, a sequel or whatever, or, you know, just sort of them, like they're sitting in their coffee shop being like, at least we have coffee. And they go up to, they go up to the counter and try to order a donut. And they're like, what's a donut? <laughs> I, got, I, got donuts. Dang it. <laughs> I, like, I like the idea that there's some like petty band of other time travelers who have just discovered they can do time heists and I pop into existence, like down the street. And this more experienced group now that is having their coffee and donuts whatever those are um <laughs> like sees them kind of down the street and they're like do we want to get involved and it's like somebody's got to teach him this isn't free <laughs> somebody's got to teach him the time isn't free or something like that and then it's like you know it does the credits spin out and it goes to a oh, yeah. shot and yeah whatever it is that's the movie tagline that's the last that's the, the yeah. time at time he, he just looks squints at the camera they gotta learn Time isn't free. <laughs> <laughs> Time's not for everybody. Um, 
Okay, so uh, uh, go back a little bit. I do like uh, the Good Time Squad. I'm, I'm going to rename that. I think that was a clever <laughs> Bad Time Squad, the Good Time Squad. I would like to be part of any kind of the Good Time Squad. Um, okay, so let's put together our, our Good Time Squad, which um, now now is this, the, the, the current story that we're working on, is this Tesla and the, the French uh, gentleman grandson, are they going back in time and grabbing people to do the big time heist, right? Because they they're doing that to, and that's when they go to the future and see that it's bad, right? I figured um, Tesla and the French gentleman's grandson are probably doing some sort of training one, where it's like, all right, your your grandfather and I used to always keep tabs on the future, so I'm going to take you along, and they go along, and it's all bombed out or something like that. And he goes, well, this was a training mission. Now it's an actual mission. We're going to get the team together, and then and then they assemble. A team made out of people that Tesla used to travel with and new people, just so we have that kind of mixture of like fresh and veteran. Cool. Exactly. So, you you have a moment where they go back to like they go back to General Patton, you know, their leader, you know, or like the you know the the the, the arms guy, you know, the arms dealer guy, you know, and they go back to him and he's like, I'm out. Go talk to you know. I, I know this guy though. You know, you should go back a couple of years. Talk to my you know, my best my best lieutenant back in the war. He's gonna do you just fine. You know that kind of thing. Yeah. So I, I like that. Yeah. <laughs> now I have to go I, enjoy my casual countryside drive. Exactly. Yeah. Like that's a time travel to find their. I think that's cool. Yeah. <clears throat> so we have Tesla, DB Cooper, uh, Teddy Roosevelt, uh, Philip K. Dick. Um, who else do you want on your here <laughs> the Good Time Squad? I guess uh, so. We already have like the the mechanical person. We have like the person that can build stuff. We have the brute, the mastermind. Um, we, uh, I think, do we need like one famous person as like the face to get into things, like a like a like a Frank Sinatra or something? Or is that yeah? No, I George, I would agree. George Clooney. <laughs> just, just straight Clooney. up do George Clooney. <laughs> um, <laughs> Dude, that's not bad. <laughs> you have thousands oh, of years to work with George Clooney. <laughs> and he's completely, he's completely un, uh, unprepared for this. He's like, wait, you want me to, wait, are you asking me to act? Kind of. <laughs> wait. And then they grab his hand and zap him into the past, and he's just like, yeah. It's like you know, you know that was a movie, my right? Like, yeah. My agent told me this was a movie. What is happening right now? <laughs> uh and then okay, so and who else is on the, the, the bad squad? So we have Edison, we have yeah. uh his, his buddy Jackson, who's a real POS. Um who are some other people? Do you want to throw like uh we probably need like a like a science fiction weird person? Oh yes. Their their brute is Attila the Hun, one hundred percent. <laughs> I was gonna recommend or Genghis Genghis Khan, but Genghis Khan was done in Bill and Ted. Yeah, I like, I like Attila. Yeah, Attila's good. Um, let's see. I think about maybe like an yep. HR Geiger or <laughs> or like oh. a uh, like a like a Cronenberg or something. Just like <laughs> yeah, just something real weird. I'm like this oh, guy's uh, not sci-fi, but I think Capone would fit that. Oh yeah, mm -hmm. I like Capone. That's a good one. Yeah. I don't know how he fit, but he just—he could be the face. I'm sure he's, he's pretty charismatic. Uh, yeah, a cool face. He, well, he's—he's—he's cool he's, he's the face, but he uses intimidation instead of persuasion. Yeah, yeah, it's true. Uh, all right. Well, this is cool. So then, uh, at some point, close to the end, they're going to see a, 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 an alternate time squad, neither good nor bad. 
and they're going to the good and the bad times probably going to team up. Is that we've we've mm-hmm. put some really unsavory people on the bad <laughs> yeah. squad? I don't know if teaming up is an option with that, with that anymore. Um, but I like the idea that one of the members of the bad times squad instead is the one to go rogue, and then and- the remainders have to like Andrew Jackson or Attila the Hun goes rogue and steals the bad time squads time travel device or the good time squads and they have to team up to go back and stop them or some of the bad people uh <clears throat> go onto the newest time squad and then Edison hooks up with the good time squad and was like fine I sh- should have never got Jackson involved to begin with <laughs> what if what if Andrew Jackson becomes disgusted by what he sees in like 1950s America so he goes back in time to try and like throw it off even worse oh <laughs> so Andrew Jackson back to- bad guy they yeah they come back to the now at like instead of like the biff of back to the future the the broadway show is called jackson instead of hamilton <laughs> and it's all like oh, it's like man. yeah that guy was a really good guy i didn't know that he was a really nice guy it's like all toby keith songs it's written by toby keith <laughs> oh that my rascal flat. Uh, that's cool oh all right. Well, I think I think I think we put together a I'm, weird story here. I'm going to go through what we have right now, just so we all leave on a unified note. So Perfect. the backstory: uh, Tesla and a French gentleman, uh, Arsène Lupin, uh, started going into the future to make small changes to see how their decisions would affect the time stream. One time, they noticed that something dramatic has changed and caused a post-apocalyptic future. They go uh, back in time, recruit a team do a time heist slash mission and set the future right. And that established a tradition where every five years or so relative to their own individual time streams, they do a little jaunt into the future to make sure things are going well. Uh, Eventually Lupin decides that he's no longer interested. So he asks uh, Tesla to leave him out of it. We get the story going. Uh, Tesla is starting to work with Arsene Lupin's grandson on a tradition traditional uh, future checkup just to make sure things are going well they pour into a post-apocalyptic version of their town and tesla's like i don't know how to do a tesla impersonation uh (laughs) it's time to put the team back together no 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 okay um I imagine, I imagine that's what he sounds I like. don't so they go <laughs> they go back in time and pick up a bunch of people uh George Clooney, Phil K. Dick uh, won't go with them, but he has his own way of astral projecting across the time stream, so he stays (laughs) in the 60s where he is doing LSD. Uh, Teddy Roosevelt's the fruit because Patton decided he was no longer interested. Uh, They kind of threw out some method. We haven't uh, figured it out yet. They isolate the cause of the change, and it's strange because it seems like someone caused this to happen. It's not just an accidental thing. Uh, They go to where they think it's going to be figured out. They run afoul of their counterparts, the Bad Time Squad. Um, They kind of hop through the time stream, fixing stuff, breaking stuff, editing stuff, until eventually they have a summit where they all kind of come to terms together and are like, hey, we can't be doing this. This is causing damage. We especially don't want the Time Bureau to get involved. Things seem okay. Almost immediately, Tesla disappears, and only the people who time travel remember him. Uh, it turns out Andrew Jackson, disgusted by the state of America in like wherever they have the summit, goes back in time and tries to make things worse. Um, they think it might be Edison. Turns out Edison is a uh, historical necessity, unfortunately which he probably wards over their head because, you know, ego. Um, 
the teams team up and work together. Um, at Attila the Hun probably teams up with Jackson because, you know, they seem birds of a feather. Um, they kind of follow Jackson through time, have a climactic confrontation, and fix things. Uh, we see them go as a group to wherever their anchor point is. They all, they all do a checkup now. All of them arrive at the same time. They hang out, they have coffee and whatever the equivalent of donuts is in this future. When in the distance they see another time travel squad made up of probably like younger looking people poof into existence and go for like an armored car or something. They have their like, look at each other with their eyebrow eyebrows raised. Like, should we get involved? It's like, well, we have to teach them time isn't free. And then the credits roll. <laughs> oh, I'll, just start, I'll just start writing the best picture acceptance speech right now. <laughs> <laughs> we definitely got to put you guys in the credits for uh, everybody, just, yeah, everybody gets a story by credit. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. Uh, all right, Jay and Eli, thank you so much for being on our show. We appreciate it. You guys obviously made this a way cooler story than me and Dylan could have put up there. Because uh, now I know about Arsene Lupin, who uh, is French and has a grandson, I think. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, before we get going, though, before we do our outro, do you guys want to pitch your show one last time where people can find you, et cetera, et cetera, uh, social media, whatever? Sure. You can uh, find Super Bracket Bros on any podcast platforms. You can find it Spotify, Apple, Pandora, et cetera. So anywhere that you listen to podcasts, you can find Super Bracket Bros. If you want to hear us talk about General Grievous versus Maui from Moana, or you want to hear us talk about Wonder Woman versus Mario or Sephiroth versus Bumblebee, you know, like we, we really want to cover it all. So find us, listen to us, let us know what you think. We would really, really appreciate you coming to check us out. Yeah, it's cool. And uh, I know you guys take a lot of submissions on Instagram. Uh, you do ask people to, <laughs> to comment, and yes. you'll see some of my comments on there. And also, you have a phone number. Is that true? <laughs> yes, that, that that is true. Um, you're catching me a little off guard here, actually. <laughs> I, I only know that because yesterday, uh, that phone number got put into my cell phone, and yes, it, it, will, did. it will be used uh, probably too much. <laughs> yeah, no, I, uh, I will... Um, <laughs> If you uh, if you want to tune into the episode that's going to release on December 27th, which will be All Might versus Mewtwo, you can hear uh, Zach call in to us and let us know how wrong we are about General Grievous. Um, so yeah, you, that would be uh, that that would be fantastic. Yeah, right on. Uh, again, thank you guys very much. We appreciate it. Yeah. Super Racket Bros, go check them out. They are awesome. Uh, and Dylan, you are awesome, man. Thank you so much oh, for being man. on the show. I appreciate it. You too, yeah. Zach, for being my accountability buddy for when it comes to actually doing stuff. Yeah, yeah, you're a good dude. You're a good writer, a, and you're and you're a good friend. I appreciate you. I'd be a hermit otherwise. Cool. Uh, but until next time, we are some nobodies. I'm Zach. This is Dylan. Uh, check us out. You can go to uh, www.somenobodies.com. You can go to patreon.com backslash some nobodies. You can check us out on Twitch. You might be watching it right now. I have no idea. Um, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram. You can literally find us everywhere. And if you do want to help us out on Patreon, you can be one of these people that I get to mention, such as Sarah Tkachik, Tonya Sheck, Scott Curtis with Behind the Bits podcast. You have the listener app. If you're into podcasts and you want to have a transcription of what they are, instead of just listening to it, you want to read it, go to listenerapp.com. Uh, you can also go to find them on Instagram at the greatest podcast app. If you're in Delaware, 2SP, Two Stones Pub, great place. Check it out. Awesome people. And once again, thank you to Dylan for being an awesome dude. And thank you to IBM TV, International Broadcast Mu uh, <laughs> Media Television. 
Uh, yeah, I think that's it. Is that it? If, if you're outside in Ohio, if you're in Ohio right now, go outside and scream at the sky. Yeah, <laughs> do it. <laughs> Until next time, thank you guys. Not relevant. Just saying. <laughs> Bye. Bye. <laughs> Thank you.